Welcome to Radio TFS, episode number 146. This is Greg Duncan. This is Josh Garverick. Hey, Josh. Hey. Why do I always do that? Why is it hell? Hey! Hey! hey. <laughs> I have no idea. You're the host. Oh, okay. Well, I, I think it's because we have to use Chrome for the recording software. That's entirely uh, possible, yeah. yeah. That's what it is. So how you been, my friend? Uh, busy as always, you know, trying to stay out of trouble, but continues to find me. Kind of the, the way of the world, but uh, just gearing up for our busy season here. So, you know, the last couple months of the year are kind of like, uh, I don't know, they're kind of like a, a tornado of, of of crazy all at, all at the same time as we're, we're uh, you know, trying to fix things and patch things. So um, we'll see what happens. I may, I, may not be, I may not be coming back for a little while. <laughs> And he's got to go away for a little while. <laughs> what industry are you in again? Health insurance. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Better than property insurance or flood insurance or anything. Mm, very true. Uh, you've been doing anything cool, TFS or even non-TFS or VSTS related? Honestly, no. I've been more in the Azure space than anything else. Um, we're still kind of going through a lot of our uh, technology reshuffling and, and trying to figure out what we want to be when we grow up and, and stuff like that. So there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of direction and effort put into the things like that. So cool. Cool. What's the coolest Azure thing you've come across recently? Come on. There has to be something cool, man. So I'm, ta- I'm torn between um, Azure container instances or Azure event grid. And I, I mean, I, I understand how to use Azure container instances. I really probably have no business even saying event grid because I, I kind of know what it means, but I don't really know what it means. So, uh, you know, people, people can be calling me out. It's fine. I own that. Um, but I, I want to get in there and tinker with that too, because that looks really interesting. Cool. Cool. Well, I'm very excited. I've been, uh, holding off on doing my on-prem TFS 2017.2 upgrade because upgrades are scary and you know, they, they shouldn't be, they really shouldn't be. How many, episodes have i said that that oh i'm scared to upgrade to 2013 and 2013.3 and then 2015 and 2017 i, I you'd think i would learn <laughs> i know it just keeps getting smoother and smoother man it, it, it's scary smooth and and obviously i have like one of the world's simplest tfs installations one project collection uh 12 projects which is you know, probably 11 too many, but uh, not a, lot, a thousand, you know, a few 10, 15 users, single instance, everything on the single box. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to get simpler, uh, but I still worry because you know, it's upgrading TFS and you know, having run TFS since 2005, upgrades are always scary, but I swear, man, 20 minutes. And that includes downloading it, downloading it, installing it, applying Click, 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 and it was just done. Nice. You got the dark fiber over there or what? <laughs> on all the uh, well, the upgrade's pretty small. So. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was just, just – it just worked. It's just smooth. And I like, went and fired up some builds and did some releases and, you know, checked out the searches and the new – God, the new uh, build editor. Love that. Love that. Yeah, it's a lot easier on the eyes, I think. The search. The mm-hmm. search. Adding a task and being able to type in that thing. Oh, my God. That's going to save me so much time. Huh. So, enough of that. 
Uh, basically, listeners, you guys out there, if you're on 2017 or 2017.1, uh, take a look at the upgrade. Especially if you're doing builds. You'll, you'll, you'll love the new build editor. Um, so today, instead of just me and Josh, what we did is we suckered in a past guest to come and join us and help us with the news and talk about some of the work that he's been doing. Martin Henshelwood is back, and he's going to be Martin. Who hey, else Greg. can be Martin but Martin? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? That's not quite the abbreviated bio I said I was going to read of you, was it? Well, well that's, that's probably good enough. I do some TFS stuff, and I do some Scrum stuff, and... If you're really lucky, I'll come and help you move your TFS server to VSTS, and then you won't have to bother with upgrades at all. <laughs> we're, we're, that's one of the reasons why we did the dot two, because we want to keep on the you know the supported edge of doing a high fidelity migration. I, I just finished one of them for a customer that was pretty big. Uh, we had a two point four terabytes collection uh, with. 20, well, 19,500 active users in, in the VSTS instance. So <laughs> that, that, that was an interesting one. That How did you handle reconnecting everybody? I like just an, a tutorial email, a video. So, no, we just sent them a link with the URL and go figure it out. Because it's, <laughs> it, they're engineers, come on. Uh, but the, the, the hard... The, to be honest, the hard part was get, getting the data from the local network to VSTS because 2.4 terabytes does not copy quickly. Um, and if you're, you're, you're in old data centers, it's even less fun. Um, I think end-to-end, to, end to end, the data copy was something like five days. Uh, and then it took was supposed to take 40 hours to process into VSTS. So um, it was a big, big deal. Would have been faster just to fly it up, man. We did actually look at that scenario because Azure does provide a way for you to just give a disk to a courier, uh-huh. and they take they take it to the Azure data center and plug it in. Um, but yes, it would have been physically faster, but policies and procedures and sign off would have made it take another six months. So we still quicker to You yeah, know, th- this would be a great job without the humans. Well, that's that, that, and that brings me to the other part of the stuff that I do, which is the agile Scrum thing, uh, and helping teams not have to deal with all of that stuff. So, pre-show, we were talking about some recent training that you're doing last week. What, what were you doing? Last last week was the most interesting training I have ever done. Uh, I was out in Ghana, which is in West Africa, uh, teaching police officers how to use Scrum. Uh, so it's it's not it's not. It's, it's not even, it's not, they're not even technical people in the police force. They're actual line police officers uh, that are going to be using Scrum to affect organizational change across all uh, 10,000 police officers in the Ghana police force. So uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big, pretty big deal. Um, massive organizational transformation, but nothing to do with software. Not really anything to do with software at all. So that, that, was, that? That, that was what I did last week. I think you win. What do you think, Josh? Does he win? I can't even compete with either one of you. <laughs> Come on, I, man. I, doing... I don't know if you saw my, my post on uh, Twitter, but I actually managed to get a, a, a police escort to and from the office as well. You know, I did see that. Yeah, I was like, look yeah. at you go. Yeah, well, I, I, I had to go and see the inspector general of police. Uh, and when he calls, you have to go pretty quickly to get there. 
Um, so they sent a, like a motorcycle to go in front of the car and break the traffic so you can get through even when it's not two lane roads and stuff. So what a journey that should have taken about an hour and a half took about 20 minutes. <laughs> and you weren't stressing at all during that police escort? No, I wasn't. That was during the day and it was uh, uh, the, the company I was working with's driver. So he wasn't very fast. Yeah, he's trying to keep up desperately. Uh, but on the way back, we hitched a ride with uh, the 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 um, inspector general of police, and his driver was much faster. And it was nighttime, so that was even more scary. Yeah. <laughs> I think I posted cool. both well, of his videos up there. Let's uh, let's do the news. And, and Martin, we're gonna we're gonna start with you. We're gonna start with me. Okay, so uh, the VSTS just did a, a, a pretty. I, I don't know if it was such a big deployment, but they turned a lot of stuff on uh, for those of us who don't have early adopter access. The two big things for me uh, was the work item rules. So they've been working heavily to improve the customizations in work items uh, to make it easier to, to make just on-the-fly web-based customizations without any of that horrible, nasty XML stuff we used to do. And they've turned on work item rules. So now you can set up rules that say uh, uh, if this field is empty and this field has this value filled out, then this other field must be uh, filled out as well. So uh, there's this new little rule system. I'm sure it will start simple and then get more complicated. Uh, but I think that's a lot of big companies have been looking looking for that in VSTS before they, before they move over there. Um, and the other one is forking. Uh, forking is, uh, I think, going to be a really powerful feature feature in VSTS. Many, again, I, I've been working with a lot of big companies recently, uh, a lot of small companies as well, but the big companies scream louder for some reason. Uh, and forking is a big thing because many big companies I've been working with have been moving to internal open source. Uh, so having that, trying to have that goodness of open source that we have in the, the real world, but also in their little pool. Uh, uh, which sometimes isn't so little uh, uh, as well. Uh, working with a customer with 120,000 employees, and I think they've got about 10,000, 10, 15,000 people in IT. So uh, uh, they, they, could, they could share some code, that's for sure. Right. Not They could share a logging framework. That would be useful for them. Uh, so forking is pretty good. There's a few other things. Uh, being able to identify people a little bit more easily with profile cards, uh, the new work item hub. Uh, and some alerts stuff. Uh, alert alert filters on any field. It used to be like a subset of the fields, but now they've made it a little bit more open. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait to go to VSTS. There's no excuses, man. Yeah, I know. Oh, I wanted to ask you, uh, releases. How, how did you handle releases when you, you made in, the... In, in what context? That's a pretty open-ended question. Uh, sorry, 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 sorry. The release definitions. I, again, I, open-ended question. What do you mean? Uh, how did you migrate the release definitions over from the... Oh, I get it. Yes, because they're excluded from the high fidelity. So it's not quite 100% high fidelity. Uh, so on... on on uh, Well, that's a good question. Because in VSTS, you can export and import the release definitions. I don't know if you can do that in, in TFS. Because to be honest, I don't look very often at TFS anymore. But... Um, if it's there in, in update two, uh, you can just export the JSON uh, for the release definitions and then import them into 
uh, another. I, I use it to move release definitions between team projects or copy them between team projects all the time. Yeah, it's there. It's even there in dot one. So okay, and, and that was our fallback. If if they don't add that, because I know they're working on it. I know there's a time frame on it. But I know, but there's other things they're working on as well. So <laughs> yeah. there's, a lot, there's a lot of stuff that could could be a little bit better in there, especially when you're moving twenty thousand people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Richard Fennell keeps telling us every time we bring that up, he's like, "Guys, I wrote a darn script to make help this make it happen." I'm like, okay, Richard, yeah. fine. Well, the community's got um, a lot of good stuff, so there's a lot of good yeah. stuff filling the gaps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Josh, what else is new and exciting? So you're talking about uh, your your life and times with TFS and doing your upgrade. Well, uh, TFS 2018 RC1 just came out, and this cool. is the live release, meaning that it's been tested and it's ready for production use. And what, what's interesting about this is a couple of things. One is uh, you get a lot more parity with the VSTS stuff. So there's deployment groups, uh, the new release definition editor, which is pretty slick, I must admit. Uh, the wiki is in there. You're able to do things with uh, Maven packages. There's some pull request improvements to, to get with uh, some parity with the VSTS stuff. And uh, Git forks are in there as well. And that's uh, first gen for that. So... Um, you are, you are actually able to do that with 2018 RC1. Uh, there's a ton more in the release notes, and I'm, uh, there's a link, I'm sure, in the in the show notes, but there'll be a link from uh, Brian's blog about uh, all the release notes for, for everything that was put out in 2018 RC1. Another thing to keep in mind, too, is that there's a bit of a change to requirements for TFS 2018. Um, it's no longer supporting some of the uh, lower versions of server and Windows. So uh, 2008 R2, Windows Server, uh, Windows 7, Windows 8.1, Windows 10 Home, not supported anymore. So something to keep in mind if you're uh, installing or upgrading. Yeah, that that made me a little sad. I totally understand why they're not supporting Server 2008 R2 or SQL Server 2014. you got to move forward at some point. But that just means that I'm going to have to go to VSTS to get all this goodness. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, very, very true. Um, there are a couple other things, too, that were tied into uh, TFS 2018 upgrades. So uh, as of 2017.2, the old work item form layout tag has been deprecated. So uh, if you're editing the work item uh, templates and things like that and using that layout tag, it's no longer valid. So you do have a couple of different options to work with. Lauren Bros has a post out there on how you can actually upgrade from old form to new form. Uh, quick to the point and uh, basically suggesting some uh, pre-prod environments, customizing your form layout, and then export that refined process template over and uh, put it into your prod instance and check it out. Cool. Yeah. And uh, let's see. We've got a couple other ones, too, here. There's, there's all kinds of good uh, TFS stuff in here this time. You'd think someone who actually used TFS all the time put the show notes together. <laughs> no, I, I don't know who would have done that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, then make somebody else talk about it. <laughs> right? Even better. It's like, I've got you all to do my bidding. Fucker. Um, exactly. So now it's my turn to uh, to be Greg and, and mispronounce a name horribly. Hopefully not, but we'll see what happens. Um, another post out there from Chaminda... Chandra Sagara on installation of 
2018 RC1 on Windows Server 2012. So this goes through the step-by-step, blow-by-blow of how to get everything installed, some gotchas along the way that you might run into, um, and just giving you a good, uh, good healthy dose of screenshots. Let me tell you, it'll, it, it'll get you going. So uh, some good stuff there. So check that out if you're looking to install 2018 RC1 on Windows Server 2012. And finally, we've got uh, another post here. And this one is from Samdeep Chada about wiki support for HTML tags, anchors, and links. So the new the new wiki that's out there that's included with uh, 2018 RC1 as well as the VSTS instance that's already uh, out there, it does support some HTML elements. So you can use tags, anchor, links, and much more with uh, any of the the blog posts that you or wiki posts, I should say, that you're doing. Whew, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Martin, are you guys using, or have you seen a lot of people using the wiki? Y- y- yes, and I've even had the problem of people using the previous version of the wiki and having to migrate their stuff across into the new version, which is kind of manual, but yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty good. If you just need a, 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 a wiki inside of your team project uh, to store some stuff in, then it, it's, it's a no-brainer, absolute no-brainer. Cool. So... This uh, past week, I was looking through all my feeds, and I found this one, this post from Loren as well. And I, I really liked it because it's something that I'm, I don't see a lot. You know, I, I you know, knock on wood, I can see fine with glasses, I can hear okay. You know, I've got, you know, five fingers, five toes, well, ten fingers, ten toes. Um, you know, no major disabilities beyond, you know, my brain. Uh, but she talks about this cool thing about how they do accessibility, a work item type and inclusive design. And then they talk about the, you know, they do these nice colors. And you think, oh, that's really nice, until you turn on high contrast mode. And then you realize, oh, this totally bites. It doesn't work at all. And she goes through defining the problem. How do you think about solving this when you don't necessarily have this problem yourself? Uh, and they go through a number of designing the solutions and trying this and then trying that and, you know, iterating through it and, uh, you know, talking about, uh, the icons, um, to use a visual identification of the work item type and how they try to use a bug. <laughs> and their feedback was, uh, you know, get the disgusting cockroach off my page. It's vile and repugnant. <laughs> so, and she goes into more about that. But if, if you're interested in this kind of thing, we'll have the links in the show notes. It's actually super interesting because one of my customers found a problem with that the other day. In in VSTS, you've got both Azure Active Directory groups and TFS groups, and TFS groups are purple, and Azure Active Directory groups are blue. But somebody who's colorblind can't actually tell the difference between those two colors. And I was explaining it to one of the admins, and he went, there's two colors? Because he couldn't see them at all. So I thought that was, uh, sometimes things slip through the gaps as well. Yeah. So, Martin, you wanted to talk about this uh, post from Buck? Yeah, Buck's uh, written a a post on the Azure blog. Uh, So kind of secreting it away over there, but trying to pull in. I guess guess the goal is to try and uh, bring in some of the people who are just looking at the Azure blog and bring them into to some of the goodness that we have in VSTS. Um, So there's the new release definition 
uh, editor uh, he's talking about there. I mean, it's, uh, I, I, if you've used it, if you've used a new one, it's an absolute joy to use. It allows you to do the, the fanning out and uh, uh, bringing back in and have that visualization of everything that's going on. Uh, it's pretty, pretty good. It takes a little bit of getting used to, uh, especially the new uh, navigation, but, but I think it's a, it's a huge, huge improvement. I'm looking forward to seeing some of those changes in the build system as well. That's, uh, that's, that's needed over there. It's a little bit behind. Um, and the, the, the filtering and tasks and getting those things in there. And they've been supporting uh, some other systems for a while, uh, like uh, uh, Jenkins and uh, Team City and uh, those kind of things for physically doing the builds, and they're starting to bring in um, some of those uh, uh, capabilities so that you people can still use the release system even if they're using a third-party uh, build system. Uh, I, Personally, I don't see why they use a third-party build system. I, I, I've used all of those tools, and I'm like, why are you bothering with something that makes it harder to integrate? But there you go. Uh, lots of people like them, uh, and they just want to do it that way, so that's that's okay too. Uh, and they've started. They've put um, an interesting thing. They've been putting these little badges on the code hub. So if you're looking at your code, uh, you can actually uh, there's a little uh, play button uh, on the right hand side next to uh, 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 the the commit in the history, and if you click the play button, it will pop out this little box that shows you where has this code been deployed to. So has it been deployed all the way to production, or has it only got to the uh, test server, or where where where's it got to? So it lets you see that that flow, which is good if you find a bug and you're like, oh oh, where's that gone? Well, you can see really easily uh, uh, in in there, which I thought was pretty good. Um, and he talks about some other things in there, wiki, uh, wiki editors, and 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 those kind of things. Everybody's pushing wikis these days. Um, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> sorry guys, I have a, a a bit of a cold left over from last week as well, um, so I, I'm coughing a little bit. Uh, but one of the big things that they added to VSTS recent recently, which I absolutely love, is the ability as part. Uh, you know how they have branch policies, right? So. Branch policies used to just have, you could pick one build and then you could pick a couple of options. Yeah, you could enable must-have work item. Uh, uh, you could put some some requirements on there for code reviews and this kind of thing. Uh, but they've now revisited that and they've revised it to allow to have multiple builds if you want. That's pretty good. But also they have this kind of service hook model. Uh, so you can add an external service that it, the, your pull request requests approval from before it can go into this branch so you can write some uh, custom service that does a, does and as you can imagine some of my larger com- customers love this does whatever wacky crazy thing you want over there to figure out whether you should allow people to to integrate the pull request uh, so i think that's that's pretty powerful even the multiple builds is is pretty powerful right there uh, and lots of improvements in pull requests. So you talked about them earlier. Uh, um, that he's just talking about all of the goodies that maybe people using Azure might be interested in. Yeah. So speaking of roll-ups and uh, highlighting, Josh, you had a post you wanted to talk about? I did. This one's coming to you from the Joseph Bourne Identity. Um, I could continue that with horrible guy. jokes, but um, <laughs> I can already feel the daggers being being uh, yeah. on my way. So I'll just I'll stop there. Even bag crinkling is fantastic. Um, 
who's having the uh, who's having the chips? Hey, what else? I'm not. I'm not here to judge. I'm here. I'm here. To, I'm here to cover the news, babe. That's it. I'm just here to cover the news. Yeah, you know, I beg for the host to come on the show. What am I, you know, and I, here I'm making fun of him. Bad Greg. Bad Greg. How dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> Good day, sir. So, okay, so uh, Joseph's post. Yeah, so Joe has a couple of things posted for the uh, extension roundup for August. And uh, the first one is actually AWS tools for, for VSTS, which is really interesting. Uh, there was a, kind of a joint uh, collaboration going on with... Uh, some folks at Amazon and the uh, ALM Rangers. We happen to know a thing or two about that. Fantastic organization. Um, there's They're completely open sourced on GitHub. There's actually a blog post about it on Amazon's blog. And it goes through and gives you a bunch of different tasks for uh, cloud formation things. There are things for Elastic Beanstalk, uh, Lambdas or Lambadas if you prefer. Um, Shut up! Glad that's the throwback. To, that's an old one, right? Here. I'll have to find the episode yeah, for that one. Um, <laughs> S three stuff and uh, some CLI stuff as well, which is really, really awesome. It helps kind of bring together um, two different worlds and, and help that integration story a lot. Also, there's a, a code quality independent for TFS twenty seventeen and VSTS. Now the the big thing here is that they've they've adjusted the pricing for this particular uh, extension, and you can start using it at, at nineteen bucks a month, um, which is fairly reasonable for a, a static code analysis and and tech debt tool. So some really awesome stuff there. Make sure you get the crumbs too, will you? <laughs> is, is that my cue? Should I stop talking now? <laughs> Instead of the music, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so. the, the independent one, I the the thing I think you're paying for is that hub. Mm-hmm. That the hub that they create, yeah, you can get Sonar Cube and do it free and that kind of stuff. But it's the integration back into TFS with this hub. That thing is awesome. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you do get some level of integration with. Uh, with Sonar Cube, like it'll give you some of the the results and things like that, but not like this. Yeah, no. I mean, you get it on the build. Nobody ever looks at that. You get a little flag, and you, know, you could fail it and stuff. But this hub, man, build logs. What are those? <laughs> yeah, so good stuff right. there. So we were talking about builds. Um, there's a new NuGet tasks, Martin. Yes, indeed, there is. Uh, Ricky has a post. Uh, talking about the new NuGet task, because if you try and do anything with the NuGet tasks you did have, I actually ran into this myself a number of times. Uh, it basically just says that they're deprecated. Uh, so you go in, have a look, and you go, oh, no, what, what, what do I do now? Where, where do I look? Well, if you just search uh, uh, for the new task, it's a sing- rather than having a different task for NuGet Restore, NuGet Package, NuGet whatever, they have a single task that does... Uh, uh, all of it, so it makes it a little bit more straightforward. Plus, instead of having to put the the uh, um, the secret stuff in your build, uh, you can set it up with a, a, an endpoint uh, for for NuGet, so that um, you can reuse it in multiple builds across your your team project. Uh, but it is worth noting that they are specific to team project. Uh, but you can uh, 
aside from that post, there there is a there is a new feature that allows you to store your secrets in um, uh, Azure Key Vault. Um, so then you could use them across accounts, across projects, across everything. So yes, this is 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 pretty good. So uh, the post shows how to set it up, how to configure it, um, how to put all those uh, pieces in there. It's pretty good. We were speaking about dashboards on it, uh, Josh. You had a post here that uh, has some really cool visuals and stuff. Oh yeah. What, what's this post about? So our friend Tarun Aurora from. Uh, Microsoft MVP fame and uh, a couple of other places as well. Uh, it's got a really nice post about the SpecFlow VSTS build pipeline and specifically around wiring in any of your Gherkin functional tests into your pipeline. And this is something that uh, actually the, a lot of the engineers that I have here are, are in the process of wiring up and, and getting to work too. So this is a, a bit of a timely post as far as I'm concerned. It's perhaps a bit selfish, but um, he, he goes through and outlines how to put that into your build pipeline, how to include the, the spec run runner and all of the libraries that you need for that. But it, it'll actually go through through the specful analysis stuff and give you uh, results on, on what passed, what didn't pass, what your timeline is, um, so there are a lot of interesting visualizations that go along with that. Um, if there are any kinds of uh, attachments or anything like that, you can uh, actually have those uploaded as well, so those are included in the output. And, yeah, it'll actually show it in the, the build as well, so you can go to the Artifacts tab on the, on the build output and, and check out any of the SpecFlow analysis stuff or any of that. Uh, execution logs, tons and tons of stuff. And there's uh, uh, the living documentation piece as well, which is an extension that we just recently installed to kind of PLC. Uh, and it's it's kind of in its first gen as far as, as far as that goes. But there's a lot of interesting things that you could do with this, and it helps to to visualize your your functional requirements realistically. If, if you've got all your tasks written in Gherkin, this will take it and turn it into you know a nice scenario outline for you to review um, and, and make it pretty human readable, which is which is nice as well. So there's more stuff in here. There's the link obviously posted in the show notes, but a lot of really interesting and really good information in here, especially for those on the testing side. Nice. Nice. I, I've been seeing the spec flow plus living doc. There's been a number of different posts around about that, and that's got me interested. Yeah, a couple of our teams here have started to really ramp up on on using the spec flow runner and uh, writing all of their pieces in Gherkin to to help kind of bolster the the automation that we have already. And we've seen some good gains coming out of that, so it's it's encouraging. Cool. Cool. So. One of the things that I run into, and, and I know everybody runs into this, is when do you need to spin up that temporary Visual Studio environment? What do you do? Um, well, the cloud's what the cloud is there for. So Ken Muse has this great post about creating a temporary Visual Studio environment, and it goes through how you do it on Azure. And this isn't Dev Labs uh, or Dev Test Labs or anything else. This is just you know pretty much generic create a VM, do these things. Um, but he shows you how to do it. And most importantly, 
<laughs> what not to do. You know, don't leave it running 24-7. How shows you to stop it, uh, how to clean it up, how to nuke it. And then he talks about the cost for this. So you're spinning up a whole Visual Studio environment in the cloud. What's this thing going to cost? Um, and, you know, if you're using a, a D2V2 instance, uh, four hours, that's going to cost you a dollar. <laughs> so, you know, if you've got an MSDN subscription and you got those credits – and you're looking to spin up a quick environment that is truly yours, uh, yeah, check out his post. Lots of nice screenshots and stuff that will walk you through it. Um, so you were talking about containers earlier, Josh. Uh, I found this post, and I shared it with Oscar, the, the man, the myth, the Oscar. And, and he was very excited about it. This is a free ebook from Microsoft Press about introduction to Windows containers. There's been a whole bunch of Docker stuff everywhere, but this is Windows containers. And I live in a Windows world. Um, my name is Greg, and I live in a Windows world. So I found this post really interesting. <coughs> Sorry, I had to hack up a lung. And, and, you know, free is hard to beat, too. And this one, and it it's related to Docker as well, but it is focused on the Windows and the getting containers because we all know, everybody listening to this, uh, we know that containers are the new shiny. They're the new future. Um, and with uh, Windows Server 2016 out, we're going to see containers everywhere. Uh, if you're on Creators Update and Windows Pro, Windows 10 Pro, you can do containers on your machine. So you can start doing these things and you can start doing them now. And, you know, so what's that mean to us? We're an ALM podcast. Well, we've got this great post from uh, Ahmed Mitwali, and he talks about how you do, you do the CICD pipeline for containerized ASP.NET Core projects. And, and he walks you through it. It's really, if you're using, especially if you're using Azure, right? You know, this cloud stuff. But anyway, um, if you're wanting to do that, he walks you through it. And it really, it's like right mouse click easy. And that's always scary. But we've seen Donovan Brown do this presentation as well. Right mouse click, configure, continuous delivery, right from Visual Studio, couple dialogues, uh, and you're done. Hard to beat. So, Josh, we were talking about ALM Rangers. We sure were. And... I believe our last news item kind of rounds out on an ALM Ranger note. So Willie has posted a, a blog post about the deprecation of the ALM Rangers folder management extension. And this was originally uh, put out onto the marketplace by uh, Voltage de Court and uh, was one of the most successful ex extensions because it added in functionality to be able to um, manage your folders within your repositories right in VSTS. That was something that was not in the product for, for uh, quite some time. Now it is. So it's going to be sunsetted, and uh, Vulture has the distinct honor of having one of his extensions actually folded into VSTS as a product feature. So uh, kudos to that, and uh, that's pretty much all there is to it. I, it's... You know, up from one you to know this. I love this feature because I, I I constantly have people who you know here in the building that are you know I'm trying to create. I don't have permissions to create a folder in Team Explorer. I'm like, no. If you can see it and you're there, you can create a right. folder. And it's all like, did you get it yet? Okay, get the files, map them, and get them, and then you can create a folder. Or go to the website and right mouse click click a folder there. You know, just. 
I find myself flipping over to the website more and more and more and more. Uh, one of the, the coolest thing in the known universe is using the, that code and that website there to edit the text files right there in the site. God, there's nothing easier. If you're just making a simple text tweet, just do it right there on the page. It'll check it in. It'll do all that stuff. Uh, love so that. not a Git user yet then. No. <laughs> Git is for the double. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. well. Git is for forkers. I, what? I, I just did he? He didn't. I say just that. got off your lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I the the whole PR workflow, and we're starting to work with some external uh, consultants and. Thinking about, and we're going to use VSTS, but a separate VSTS for them, and trying to take their work product and integrate it into our VSTS and into our workflow on it. I mean, it would be so much easier if we were all just Git. There's a problem you can and, go solve. We could, yep, yep. So I, I think that may be the one thing that pushes us over the I didn't edge know anybody used TFVC anymore. It works. Now, you see, we got to be careful. We have a lot of listeners who, who you know, are, you can pry TFVC from my cold, dead finger. You know, you know, I thought that two years ago. That's where I was two years ago. But I'm, 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 every time I have to use it now, I, it's like some spider crawled up my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of like me going back to WinForm development or, yes. God, you know, yeah. Yeah. You got you got you 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 go log onto that machine and it's an XP machine. Yeah. That that's gonna feel like. <laughs> Don't make fun of my parents' machine. Come on now. So Martin, um I think we're done with the news. We've only spent the entire show talking about the news, but that's okay. Um uh, everybody knows you know what you've been doing. But speaking of of you, speaking of the Martin, uh, what's new? What's new with you besides the awesome training that you did in East Africa? Uh, I I bit the bullet and made the switch from Windows Phone to Android. Which oh, you just killed a little puppy. I, 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 and, and every time I use my Android and I have to do notifications or go into the settings, I feel like I'm holding a dead puppy. That's for sure. The, the apps are incredible. It's worth putting up with the horrible, poorly put together, inconvenient OS in order to get some of the features in the apps. But I do keep hitting things that I'm just like, that is so frustrating. Why does it work that way? Uh, when I'm used to a better world with no apps. <laughs> I have gone from uh, Josh, Windows Phone back to my iPhone ways. No, not really. Yeah, so there's no hope for you. Yeah. See, an- Android yeah, is at least palatable. Yeah, I, I am part of the 0.1% still. I've Got my my Lumia 735 here in my hand. I'm still a proud. I I just I just proud. picked up my 950 XL, which I would happily send to you. <laughs> well, I am coming um, in October. I think it is. There's a future decoded thing that they're going to do some uh, surface. Everybody's expecting the rumor is they're going to be doing some surface announcements. I am keeping my fingers crossed that the Surface Mobile. Mm-hmm. Will be announced, and it'll be a cool yeah, some folding, folding folding thing. Yes, that's that's my hope too. So I got my Android yeah. to fill the gap between now and then. <laughs> well, and my, my contract expires in December, so I, it's like perfect time. Of course, if Microsoft does that, Verizon won't have it. But uh, that's why I don't do contracts. That's that's for you. You pay more on contracts as well. So I just buy the phone. Yeah. Stop being so cheap, honestly. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll, I'll connect you with my wife. You know. Well, she thinks because she's 
because I'm the boss and I have have her permission to say yeah. that. So cool. <laughs> so yeah, I did I did that. Uh, been doing lots 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 of lots of scrum training. I've actually got my first ever scrum class in uh, Glasgow in Edinburgh next week, and then one in Ed- in Glasgow in two months' time. Uh, so that's the first time I've ever tried to run anything in in Scotland. And I think the first time in five years running anything in the UK, uh, I mainly do other places because, you know, why would I want to stay in the UK when I can travel? But, you know, there you go. Uh, what else? What else have I been working on? I What about the, the yeah, your extensions? Yeah, so I've, I've, been, I've been working with a, a pretty big uh, customer, which the name and the extension kind of gives it away, I guess. Uh, they, they, they were the ones that moved to VSTS with the the 2.4 terabyte collection. And that was just one of the 25 collections that they moved into uh, VSTS. It just happened to be the biggest one. Um, so, so yeah, that was, that was my last two years. Uh, so the, the, we ran into a few problems. Uh, one of which is that, uh, it's very difficult to run, uh, Chromium. Uh, It's very difficult to... Uh, run uh, headless um, browser stuff. So if you've got using the hosted build service, you don't you don't have admin access. You don't have uh, uh, interactive access to the desktop. Uh, you don't have any of those things. So if you want to run your you know open up a browser and click through stuff, it's just not going to work. Uh, so uh, I worked with one of the the the, the guys at Slumberjay. Uh, he he actually did all of the hard work with Chromium. Uh, I just helped him figure out how to package the whole thing. Um, but it's a, 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 a task that lets you lay down the bits for Chromium. So not for Chrome, but for Chromium, uh, the thing that Chrome's built on, and it allows you to run headless tests. Uh, and he's got some information and a, a wiki page that he wrote around how to how to get that all working, but it's all part of uh, the extension. Uh, you actually mentioned the, the Google, not the, the, the AWS extension earlier. Uh, I've been I've been working a little bit with Google. They've got an extension coming uh, for VSTS. Uh, it's on it's on GitHub, but it's uh, only published as a private preview just now. Uh, but I think that's going to be going to be coming pretty soon. I think that that will be good as well. Yeah. Cool. You've been uh, Josh. Is there anything you want to ask? No, that's I, fine. You know, just go ahead. Monopolize the whole talk with Martin. I'm fine over here in Buffalo, just chilling. <laughs> it's all good. Um, Nothing I want to ask, but I did want to comment on the the Chromium extension is is really cool. I am I'm happy to see stuff like that getting more traction. Um, it's kind of a parallel. We've got a team here who does a lot with automation, and they were psyched when Chrome actually uh, released the headless version just recently because that's what we use Chrome, not Chromium, but Chrome itself and Firefox. I know, but you've, you've got to, know, the problem is yeah. you've got and to physically install we, it. We have, we, have host, we have private agents, though. Yeah. So every all of our infrastructure is hosted here. Yes, it, I, I, pri, pri, private agents are the Antichrist. You don't want them. Like, if, if, you, if you have to go install stuff on your build server that's special for your project, as far as, this is just, this is me, ever, something's wrong. Yeah? This, you shouldn't have to go install anything or set it up or... Or, or do any of that. You should be able to use a vanilla box, a vanilla throwaway box like the hosted build agent. But I understand some people's builds aren't advanced. Enough. Well, it's also fair to note, too, that a lot of the, the tests, the automation that they run, don't they're not run on the build servers themselves. They have you know extra utility boxes. 
Yeah. Yeah, they run through through test agents and yeah, I'm waiting for Microsoft to pull, you know, hosted test agents out of the box as well. Oh, that's the next thing we want. Right? Then we don't have to have any infrastructure. There. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Martin, you know, we've been talking about migration. How is your migration tool, or sync migration tool coming about? It's actually going really well. So I haven't, I haven't been uh, phys- physically cutting code on it myself very much because I've been working to migrate these collections for this big customer into, uh, into VSTS. Uh, but I have integrated, uh, I think, 14 pull requests from other people that have been uh, using the tool and run into problems or found bugs or uh, whatever those things are. Um, and I've been helping uh, people debug their their problems as well. Um, so I, I have... <coughs> sorry. <coughs> I have Application Insights plugged onto the tool. Uh, so actually, I, I don't know if you've seen the new dashboards that you get with, with AI, uh, but you can actually see uh, live data streaming into your... Uh, uh, um, live live data that's going on. So if two people were doing a migration at the same time, I can see that there are two servers running. I can see what processor each one, how much processor uh, uh, time each one's using. Uh, I can see exceptions coming through live uh, as they're using it. Uh, so when a, a user uh, has a has an issue with it, uh, they just give me. I, I have a little. Um, uh, what's it called? Like it's it's a, basically it's a good, but it's a session ID. Uh, that's in the the config file that I write out, and they just send me that, and I can then again go and look up the telemetry uh, from that session and see uh, where where what 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 the proper error message was, rather than the crappy one you get on the front end when it crashes and you've got no debugger attached. Uh, and it's 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 helped out uh, uh, quite a few quite a few people. Um, so AI has been really really powerful for that, uh, which I've liked. And it, it means I get to see that people are actually using the tool, that they're looking at it. I mean, pull requests, that helps. Um, and there's been some significant people doing significant work, like just random people going, well, I've got this problem, I'll go fix it. Um, and if it's if it's in any way half-decent code, which is obviously going to be better than mine, uh, I, I just then integrate it in. Um, and since I have a, a, a complete CD pipeline for that, it's it's not any additional work to ship a new version of the software. If code gets committed to master, it ends up in production. So, um, some <laughs> sometimes that's not always a good thing because I don't really have any checks in between. But uh, uh, if it if it if it passes and the pull request uh, comes in, then it just builds and ships uh, to all of the all of the bits. Yeah, but it seems to work pretty well. Um, a lot of people getting use out cool. of it. A lot of people getting use out of it. Awesome. I, I did notice a number. So, uh, sorry, thing. I did notice a number of people at a number what of people I... at Microsoft were using it, which was quite amusing. <laughs> and I did I did get in touch with one of them, and he said, uh, "Yes, we're using it to move from VSTS to TFS. Brackets don't huh. don't ask." <laughs> so I did ask, but he didn't reply. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a post that I wanted to ask you about too, and this is about pretty much last thing. Then we have to start doing some feedback, not start doing, we get to do some feedback. Uh, but this came up in a couple past shows on it. You wrote a post in May about choosing the project template. Process template. Yes. Pro, uh, yeah. Process template. template. Sorry. sorry yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so talk, talk to us a little bit about this post. So I, I vehemently disagree with what 
the the Microsoft documentation says. And so if you go look up the, the different process templates, it has them listed. They've actually fixed some of some of my issues when I originally wrote this post. Uh, but basically it says if you're if you're doing scrum, use the scrum template. Which is fair. Although it's not super scrummy, but let's not go there. But it's it's scrum template. Um, but if you if you're not doing scrum but you want some uh, flavor of agile, then you should use the agile template. And I completely disagree. The scrum template is less specific than the agile template. So there's a whole bunch of places that's true. Like uh, uh, the agile template talks about uh, uh, story points and user stories. But Scrum doesn't talk about user stories because that's a practice that you might or might not use when writing your 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 things that go in your backlog. So almost the, the Agile template is forcing you down a route. It's almost becoming a methodology because it's telling you how to go do the stuff by saying, you know, this should be a user story. Because I've been into customers and they've been trying to write things that should never be written as user stories. And they're spending... Hours and hours trying to figure out how to write this thing as a user story because the thing's called a user story, um, and it's it's just it's it's just not worth the effort. Um, and the thing that, that that's really hard, and I'm sure you guys know this, is you guys are your longtime TFS users. If you have a state, you can't get rid of it. But if you don't have a state, you can always add a column to your Kanban board, yeah, or you can add. You can add uh, uh, an additional, even if it's just a, a, a true-false field. <laughs> We've got checkboxes now as well. But a, a true-false field is what we used to have um, to, to, so that your queries could pick up that, that extra thing. But in, in the Agile template, work items move from uh, new uh, uh, to active to resolved to closed. And resolved, the definition of resolved in the process template is code complete and ready for test. That immediately signifies to me that you're not doing Agile. You're, you've not got a team of people working together to achieve a common goal. You've got a bunch of coders who throw their crap over the wall at the testers. Yeah, that's that, that's that's yeah. that's what happens when you have that. Whereas, yeah, 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 and there's um, there's no way to have at the beginning of that little flow new to approved, new to active to resolved to closed. Active is the development team's expected to have started work if you're looking at your cumulative flow. So there's nowhere for the, the, the person who manages that backlog to say, well, here's a bunch of stuff I don't want the development team to look at yet, but I've accepted it into my work. Yeah. Whereas in the Scrum template, it goes new to approved. So somebody's actually approved it to committed by the development team to done. Yeah. So then if you want to split committed into code and test and then maybe some ops and then whatever else you want because you're not quite there yet, then that's okay as well. Yeah, but at least at least the friction is on the correct side rather than on the wrong side, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's that's interesting. So yeah, I, I, I wrote a yeah, post would... about that quite... I, I think that's an... That's, I, I think I updated it in May, but I think I wrote it before that. But it's, it's, it's a common question. And I actually... Uh, you missed the other post... Actual fact. There's a, there's another post which is how to change your process template from the Agile template to the Scrum template without changing team project. Oh. Yeah, I have I have a number of posts on that, and I have all the scripts up there on my blog to help you figure out how to do it. Uh, but it is pretty scary, so don't do it without 
at least a lot of thought behind it because you can get yourself in some weird pro you actually have to understand how tfs stores the data in order to really fundamentally understand why something really strange happened when you tried to do it um but but it is possible to change process template um i i do it all the time for customers um and and yeah you can move from agile to scrum scrum to agile uh, your mad crazy messed up template to scrum i call them franken templates by the way so if you've got some kind of franken or what i was doing for a big customer was moving everybody to the franken template because that's what they wanted as their standard um so it is possible and it, it can sometimes be an important thing that you need to do but it is a lot of work Awesome. Well, we'll have to put the link in the show notes for that one as well. Yeah. All right. So um, I think we're coming towards the end of the show. I want to do some of the feedback first. Now, uh, this this individual, he's been emailing us a lot, and I really appreciate his feedback. And he was giving me a hard time about pronouncing names. Funny that. Um, so uh, let me see. I'm uh, Donico. He, he says I pronounce his name like all the Americans did. Donco. But he says, no, that's not it. Go back to pronounce names and, and, and do it right. So if you do the um, Bulgarian version of it, Don Carno, Don Carno is, is how you, you say it. So uh, um, I really appreciate your feedback. Uh, I'm glad you are enjoying the show. There was a post on uh, the ALM Champs list that, that Martin, Martin Woodward did that I wanted to call out. And, and anybody who's been searching for TFS – or VSTS resources, uh, you'll probably learn to love this. Basically, Martin Woodward is providing guidance to the MVPs and ALM Rangers and saying, hey, when you write something up, when you are talking about VSTS, make sure you mention this specific string, Visual Studio Team Services, paren, VSTS, close paren. I.e., you know, your content is going to be searchable and findable now. You know, if you search for VSTS, you're going to get the old team services crud. So, uh, and same with TFS, team foundation server, paren, TFS, close paren, um, as well as some linking guidance. So we'll all provide, you know, consistent links on it, but it's good guidance to the community. So, gentlemen, I, I, I think that's concur. a share. Where's the, where's the chip bag? Where's bag of chips? <laughs> I'm nice. sure I've got some popcorn around here somewhere. <laughs> well, uh, Martin, I really appreciate you coming on and, and um, acting as a host and everything else. I, I thought that this was a great show. I really appreciate you, and I'm sure our listeners will too. Well, I would happily come back anytime you like. Awesome. As, as, long, as, as long as I'm somewhere where they have half-decent internet access, which sometimes is not the case. <laughs> I don't know. When we first set this up like a month ago, you sent me a snapshot of your calendar. And this was like the one day of like the entire month that you had a slot. No, I get tomorrow as well. Uh, okay. So two days of the yeah, entire so month. So I'm 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 home. I'm I'm home for a few days and then, then I then I'm off again. Yeah. Cool. Well again, thank you for listening. Uh thank you for being oh, on the show. Absolute pleasure. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And absolutely for you guys listening. All right, uh, we we wouldn't be doing this show without all of you. So let us know what you think. Send us an email, radiotfs at outlook.com, at Twitter, at radiotfs, or on Facebook as well, radiotfs, slash radiotfs on Facebook. Voicemail. Remember, I, I'm threatening to play your voicemail on the air. So as long as it's safe for work, uh, we'll play it on the air. And just give us your voicemail at one four two five. 
233-8379. And thank you again for listening to Radio TFS.